Welcome to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast, a part of the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast network. Dare I say the flagship podcast of the Dynasty Sports Empire podcast network. We bring you the latest in sports and fantasy sports with, shall we say, a lighter approach to what most people consider a very serious undertaking. On the show today, we continue our MLB divisional previews, talk about the opening of NFL free agency, and of course, we talk March Madness with our good friend Jason Dombach. As we turn the corner from the cold, dreary winter into the warmer days of spring, a new season of fantasy baseball begins at DynastySportsEmpire.com. DynastySportsEmpire.com offers you a unique fantasy baseball experience for owners young and old and abilities of all levels. So what makes DSE unique? For starters, you can draft high school and international baseball phenoms as young as 16, retain ownership of your favorite players for their entire baseball career, and build a cash cow contender that would make any front office envious for years to come. Check out all the fantasy baseball formats over at DynastySportsEmpire.com today or tweet them at DSE Fantasy. That's DSE Fantasy on Twitter or online at DynastySportsEmpire.com. Obviously, you can find our podcast and the other wonderful podcasts at the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast network at DynastySportsEmpire.com slash podcast. My name is Jeff Roman. I'm joined tonight and every night by my good friend, Tim Reinhart, ENT. Welcome, Tim. Did you call me an EMT? Am I E E N T E N T E N T? I don't know what yeah. that one is. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to go with. Uh, I believe it is the designation for ear, nose, and throat. I don't know if that's a professional designation, oh, but I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm struggling with some ear, nose, and throat situation here today. So, all right, tell me about it. My usual dulcet tones will be. Uh, <laughs> Will be more nasally than you're used to. Um, that that uh, Humphrey Bogart voice that you would uh, that you would usually have is is going to be a little different tonight. Yeah, just a just a little bit different. Um, okay. I'll take that as a compliment. I'm not yeah. sure if I know off the top of my head the Humphrey Bogart voice, but uh, it's just you know it's just a it's just a good it's just a good acting well a good voice in general. Nice, smooth, very smooth. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, somehow. We got a, a cold pinging around, COVID negative cold pinging around our house. So like a bouncy ball in a bathroom. It's crazy. So, um, so it's just, just going from one person to the next. One person to the other, bouncing around. Everybody's fighting it off. So hopefully yeah. I, I get rid of it here soon. But, uh, you know, I'm uh, hopped up on cold medicine and caffeine and uh, we're ready to go. Cold medicine so, and caffeine. Cold medicine typically or can can often be drowsy. Yep. And the caffeine yep. is definitely going to have the opposite. So you're just kind of like neutral here. Yeah. Just trying to, just trying to, uh, to, uh, keep the levels even, you know, and, and keep the sniffling on the podcast to a, to a minimum. Yep. So, well, use um, that, use that mute button when it comes, just give it yeah. a, a little click and boom. Absolutely. It's no right one, there. No one's the wiser. No one's the wiser. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Tim, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about yeah. as, I, as I let off at the top. So let's um, let's jump right into NFL free agency. It's um, been big. It's been big. There's been a lot of a lot of player movement. Um, a lot of players still on the board that we'll, we'll still get to talk to and other other uh, things. What's what's your top level um, headline from this free agency period so far? Uh, Bill Belichick Bonanza BBB. Right. How about yeah, that? Um, yeah, that's all the rage up here. Um, everyone's, well, I shouldn't say everyone, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are saying how much they love it. Um, that, the they're finally being aggressive, uh, is what, you know, they wanted to, wanted to have happen, uh, this past year. 
and then there's a few people that um, that are on like the afternoon drive um, radio stations up here that are pretty consistently saying like this is what the bad teams do. This is what the right. teams who have terrible rosters do. They just throw a ton of money out there, and this is not how you build a team. Um, but I mean, I'm going to choose to trust Bill Belichick on that. Uh, he seems like uh, he's earned <laughs> earned the 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 right for at least for me to uh, give him the benefit of the doubt and know what he's doing and picking up those two tight ends. Uh, that that reminds you back to the days uh, um, with Aaron Hernandez um, and and Gronkowski. Uh, so you know, I, I think it sounds like. And then of course, re-signing Cam Newton. I wouldn't be surprised if they then go up and grab somebody in the draft, a younger guy uh, that that maybe either competes or, or doesn't doesn't start right away. And they they focus on doing what they used to do back in two thousand four uh, and two thousand five, which is run the ball very efficiently, uh, use the tight ends. You don't have a quarterback that's going to throw the ball a thousand yards down the field to Randy Moss anymore. So uh, win the game a different way. And, uh, you know, I think uh, the Patriots ha- give Bill Belichick credit. It looks like he had a he had a plan and he said, you know what, I'm going to go execute this. I got a lot of money to spend. I'm going to go spend it. Right. And I think, I think uh, what Cam Newton does bring for you as they resigned him is that uh, – when he's at his best, basically they pick up every third and one, right? Because they're, especially when you have two big tight ends, you got to see whether they're going to go out in a pass pattern or block. And if you have a bunch of big guys up there and Cam Newton, you can usually get across a third and one. And when you're in that position, you are uh, much better off than a lot of other teams. Now, do you give any, any thought to the whole idea that you need to have your quarterback spot solidified in order to get the top tier free agents? Like, like they needed to sign Cam Newton less because they need or want Cam Newton to be the quarterback of the team, but because they need to present the face of having a stable quarterback situation that's going to invite some of these free agents to come. What's your take on that? I mean, I think there is something to it. It's not everything to it. I think um, where they're drafting in the draft, and I don't think they have the ammo to get up into the top, I don't know, three. um, They probably weren't going to get a plug and play guy anyway. So it makes sense to get a, get cam as a bridge guy, bring him back. He yeah. knows his system. Um, so I, I think it makes sense. Um, and in both those cases, I definitely buy that, that cam Newton's a veteran. It probably has a lot of respect around the league. And right. so you're, you're not saying, Hey, we're rebuilding around a rookie quarterback. You're saying, Hey, we could win, but we also might pick a rookie quarterback to build up throughout the year. And then a, a in week 10, Guess what? Cam's hurt, and this rookie quarterback right. going to come out Mac like Jones a house on fire. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, comes out like a house on fire against you know I don't know Buffalo and, and wins the job over Cam. Um, so I, I definitely buy that a little bit, um, but I think it's just kind of them acknowledging, hey, let's 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 keep this guy here um, while we think about you know also the future. Right? Cam's not the future, but he, he's probably be the bridge to the future. Right. And, and just on like, uh, I, I like, I like, I realized this year I like Cam Newton, you know, I, I, I'm a Cam Newton fan. So, uh, just in terms of for, for my personal, like where I live in the, the sports media that I am forced to consume by that, um, by my proximity to the Patriots, I, I'm, I'm glad he's still around. He's, he seems like a good, seems like a good dude. Yep. Um, and you know, think of it this way, like, 
what wide receiver is going to voluntarily go to uh, the Chicago Bears right now? Like right. their big free agent signing was Andy Dalton. So like if I'm Juju Smith Schuster and they offered me, they'd have to, I mean, basically if you are the, you know, this is what Cam Newton maybe does a, a Cam Newton signing, I guess maybe does, as you said, he's a veteran. He he's got a, a probably a ton of respect. Um, the bears are going to have to pay probably guarantee 10, $15 million more. I mean, I'm just, I'm just kind of randomly picking numbers here, but like they're going to have to guarantee a, a bunch, a boatload more money to a uh, Juju Smith Schuster, for example, if they want to bring him in. Yep. And I, and I think you're absolutely right. I think the, and Bill Belichick also gets that respect. I I'm assume around the league where if somebody says, well, Bill Belichick wants to pay me $30 million. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to sign right there. And we're going to do that right now. Um, because obviously he has something up of his, up his cutoff sleeves that, that I don't know about, um, that that's going to lead us to win. Um, so I, I think it's a, certainly a combination, right? You, you have a more stable organization. You have a more stable quarterback position. Um, and you know, that, that makes it much more likely. I mean, the, the two guys that they did get at wide receiver, are, um, Nelson Aguilar, who, uh, you know, had a little bit of a bounce back year after kind of having the rubber band hands, uh, in Philadelphia. He just needed that one guy, uh, outside the fire to, to call him out on, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? No, Aguilar, you mean? No. All right. Oh my gosh. This is like the best story. So okay, like, bring it. all right. So it was, a there was a fire in a house in Philadelphia. Like you go, Oh like, yes, 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 yes. I know. It's like they're throwing babies out the window and like, I'm catching them. Good thing. I'm not like Aguilar, That's <laughs> right. you know, something to that effect. It was, <laughs> it was hilarious. So all, all Aguilar needed was that little, uh, you know what? This guy called me out. He's catching babies. I can't catch footballs. And uh, goes out, has a nice season last year. And I, I, I think he's – I've always liked him when he came out um, came out in, into the NFL originally. Uh, I think he's a good player. Yeah. Um, I definitely now remember that. Um, <laughs> the, the guy, you know, local news in Philadelphia is a treasure. Um, local news <laughs> everywhere is a treasure. But um, that guy certainly looked right into the camera, knew exactly what he was doing, and went uh, <laughs> went absolutely viral like 10 times over within a It was so, so good. Was, I, I yeah. must have watched that video five or six times. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, the Pats are, are, are putting together, a, a, you know, quite a bit of different roster, a couple of new tight ends, um, a couple of new wide receivers. So yeah, a lot of guys still out there. Too. wise uh, Kendall Bourne, I think from okay, San yeah, Francisco, yeah, yeah. Right, right? Just third or something on the on the depth chart in San Francisco, but um, I, I liked him a little bit. I think you know uh, certainly gives them more than they had last year with those just with those two guys alone, mm-hmm. um, and and Edelman if Edelman can come back healthy. So um, we'll we'll certainly see the story's not not done on anybody's offseason, let alone uh, New Orleans. Um, one person's story, however, that is done. We're closing the book here on um, Drew Brees officially retired. Yeah. It was largely speculated since the end of the year, but um, he officially retired uh, 20 years, I believe, in the league. Um, yep. Has every single passing record. Um, I just wanted to, you know, any Drew Brees memories, stories, something? Um, yeah, the, uh, I mean, you, you the obviously winning the Super Bowl after Hurricane Katrina, um, you know he he was the face of the NFL uh, for for a period of time, um, and like he's 
he's always appeared to be like a, a guy with a with a good heart that um, that probably or that does a lot of uh, a lot of good off the field um, as well. So um, it's uh, I always enjoyed watching him play just because he was you know he was like the he was like the short guy who uh, who everybody was who everybody told uh, couldn't couldn't make it and went out and uh, is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game and that's that's pretty cool. Yep, absolutely. He he will go down and hold a lot of records for a long time. Go to the Hall of Fame for sure. Um, yeah, certainly a very 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 great career from him. Um, they. New Orleans now moves on to Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill as their two kind of quarterback uh, situations. Tim, are you familiar with this contract that they gave Taysom Hill? So I I know that they that is it is it a new contract or do they just rework the contract? I think it is a reworked slash extension. So they gave okay. him a a four year one hundred and twenty million dollar contract. However, excuse me <laughs> for a who. <laughs> Yeah, four years, that was 120 me million. Spinning my spinning my yeah. water onto the onto the microphone. <laughs> Spit take. Uh, yeah. but all of those all of those four years are voidable, right? Yeah. So this is a new trick that the NFL has uh, capologists have discovered, where you spread out the um, base salary from this year over four additional voidable years, right? Uh, and then you just void those years, but the cap hit is still spread across those years. So whatever he was making, say he was making 10 million next year, right? Mm-hmm. That's now spread uh, across five years. And so the yeah. cap hit for this year is, is one fifth of that. Um, and once they void it, that cap hit still stays, you know, 2 million or whatever each, each year as it goes on. So it's, it's just another, uh, you know, I, I kind of think about it like the Bobby Bonilla, situation in, in baseball where they yeah, they so just they're paying him until 20 i think they're still paying him 2035 or something years, like more that years yeah. to go yeah so uh you know i i think new orleans is probably on the downswing a little bit but uh you know james winston's always in, always keeps it interesting so i'll i'll be interested to see what they could do with james winston's a former number one pick he obviously can sling the ball um you know It'll be interesting. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if only because Sean Payton seems to think that he is smarter than everybody else, and he probably is smarter than everybody else, uh, to use those two guys out on the field at the same time um, and do a lot of tricky tricky stuff. Um, so it's, uh, you know, he what did he say? That like Winston, or excuse me, uh, uh, Taysom Hill would be the next Michael Vick or something uh, <laughs> a couple years ago. So he's obviously pumping him up. Um, but if he's your go-to starter, you're not signing him on these, all these voidable, you know, this voidable thing uh, that right. you just talked about and also not signing uh, Winston to a, uh, to a deal that could be 12 million. So right. uh, I think we've got, they, they've got a question on their hands down there, what they're going to do. Yep. Um, and, and last week we speculated about, um, the NFC East, um, you know, comparing the Cowboys with Dak versus the Washington football team with an average quarterback. They signed, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, yeah. who, who was uh, previously in Miami, um, as the backup to Tua for, for a while, but he probably should have, or could have started over Tua. Um, so last week I speculated 
would you take the football teamers over the Cowboys with an average quarterback? Now they have a quarterback, a quarterback. What does that change your uh, calculus at all between those two teams? Another guy that I like to root for is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. So um, I'm going to at least root for, uh, for the football team to, uh, to do well with him behind center. And he's just, he's a, he's a fun guy. Like you can, you know, I, I, I know it's in the world of like analytics. It's not like the thing to put, um, stock in, you know, the eye test, but you watch the teams that, that, um, that he plays for, and they just seem to love playing with him. Like I, I I will I remember the the year he was the quarterback with the Jets like it was such a fun year and like all the guys just seem to like he seems like such a jovial um, hardworking you know working class kind of leader um, and I, I think guys gravitate towards that and uh, I think you saw that last year as well with uh, um, with the Dolphins so I I think. They're going to be pretty good. I I see a lot of a lot of good connections between him and um, uh, uh, Terry McLaurin down there. I sure. I'm going to say that those those two teams now are a lot closer than we thought they were last week. Yeah, and and if the football teamers could could grab one of those uh, top end wide receivers that's still out there, Smith Schuster or Galladay, uh, they're going to be looking pretty good. Um, yeah, you know, and and to your other point, one of the one of my maxims you know i have a few of those maxims like you want a quarterback who runs and throws and uh you know just get three different sized running backs and you'll be fine um my 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 third maxim as i remember all of these maxims is is that football is a game of emotion right so if your team is is puffed up is excited is is confident you're gonna play so much better like and you even see it in one game as it ebbs and flows right uh you know, the one team is up, other team is down and, Oh, something happens and, and flips the momentum, right? It's a game of momentum. It's a game of emotion. So if you have a quarterback and you have a, a team leader who is, you know, rallying you and uh, then your team is going to be, if your team is more positive and more pumped up than, than the opposite, you're going to play better than you would otherwise. So I, I think, you know, as you said, that's not in the analytics, but I, I think it's it's pretty self-evident when you watch football is that that is very clearly a huge portion of it. Who has the 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 momentum? Who has the emotion leverage? Um, that all matters. Oh yeah, what leadership can do is all you have to do is watch an Adam Gase coach team for two years, and you'll know what it what it does and doesn't do. You know, right. like and and uh, that's not that's the it factor, so to speak, that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. It's cool. Uh, and yeah, it makes me want to root for him for sure. Yep. So, um, definitely something to look out for that book is not closed on, on any of those off seasons. We have a little bit, uh, you know, a bunch more guys that are, are still quite good, uh, still out there. So, and, and real quick, it, it also is interesting because these teams that have made certain moves at quarterback are now out of the Russell Wilson sweepstakes. Uh, you know, like they're, they're not, so like the bears were one of those teams that Russell Wilson had on the list. Right. Well now, now they're not, I can't see a world in which they, they've got money tied up in two quarterbacks already 
that they're going to be able to make that trade. Uh, so it's uh, it's interesting to see now where all these trades are going to go. Um, Sam Darnold, um, you know, like it, it's how all the quarterback pieces will continue to fall. It, it, the The number of teams is getting more narrow. Yep. The uh, dance cards are filling up. The carousel yes. is slowing down already. Um, Chicago apparently made a, a hard run at, at Russell Wilson, but Seattle, you know, pretty much told him not for sale, um, which is the right call by Seattle um, and the right call by Chicago to go for it. Um, uh, apparently also another rumor is that uh, uh, Pete Carroll is interested in Sam Darnold. So that one's that, that, uh, that line could still be open between those two teams. Yeah. Um, they've made trade. They've made a trade uh, before they have a relationship to do it. So. Yep. So yeah, we'll see, we shall see certainly um, a lot still to, to go with those, but you can, as you said, you can already see kind of um, places getting uh, places, getting filled up decisions being made already based on what happened uh, in the background. Exactly. So um, we will have our March Madness preview coming up with Jason Dombach. Um, but first let's go ahead and do our, our AOS preview. Um, AL West, I find a, uh, a bit of a, not quite as exciting. Um, probably because I don't get to watch the games are all on a 10 30, 11 o'clock at right. night, right. uh, here on the East coast, but we've got, um, Houston, uh, projected to be the, uh, first in the division with 91 wins, uh, Los Angeles angels projected with 86 wins, Oakland next projected with 82 wins, Seattle with 70 and Texas with 66. Uh, Tim, are there any top line, uh, things about this division you want to get into? Well, I think, uh, obviously the, the cream of the crop is as you, as you said, Houston, um, Although, I mean, Oakland last year found a way, I know obviously shortened season, um, Oakland found a way last year to, uh, um, to, to make some noise. So I, I, I do think though, it's going to come down to, or it's, it's, it's really for it's, it's Houston at the top. Um, and I do like the roster that they, that they have put together. Um, even with the loss of, of Springer, I think, uh, I'm a big Michael Brantley fan. I know he's had injury issues in the past, but great veteran presence, great, like just a line drive machine that guy is. Um, you know, I, I do like, even though he's up there in age, like, uh, and now I, I, I like uh, Zach Grinky, and I, I kind of like just the way that he's, you know, changed himself over the course of his career. Um, and is now like the crafty righty as, as opposed to the guy that's uh, throwing, you know, 96. Uh, so I, I do think they've got <clears throat> they've got a complete lineup. They've got <clears throat> guys that are going to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, and if they can find a way to know what pitches are coming, they'll do that even better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Houston is, is certainly the cream of the crop there. I, I think they're going to... Uh maybe not run away with the division, but certainly be, be the, the safe leaders in there. I, I don't, I don't quite believe in, in the LA angels, um, of, of Anaheim, uh, yes. they, they are, have trout obviously, which helps them immensely. Uh, you know, but they have Anthony Rendon who they got, uh, in 2019 before the 2020 season, which I actually just forgot about until I read that right now. Yep. Um, but again, um, 
I don't know if there's enough around uh, those guys uh, to actually make that happen. They're going to a six-man rotation there in uh, in LA so that they can have uh, Shohei Otani uh, both pitch and DH. So that that should be actually an interesting uh, thing to watch there. Uh, he's certainly had injury problems, but um, if you nice can actually pull that yeah. off, that would be mean, really, really cool. You you watch some of these spring training highlights, and the guy is just an absolute freak. Like he absolutely hammers the ball, and he's got crazy movement on his pit. Like you just want to see him put it all because it would be such a cool story. It's you know, it's it's really just never happened in the modern era, and it'd be a really cool story for somebody to you know, uh, go up there and, and win double digit games and swat 25 home runs. It'd just be really cool. Um, right. you know, I, I, something that I, I was thinking about with, um, uh, with the, with the angels is, do you believe that think about it like this? Albert Pujols has been on that team for a decade. Yeah. Crazy? I mean, he's, he's, he's 41. He's 41 and I can't uh, believe it. he's going to be starting at first base there. Is, so is this his last year in his contract? It was a 10 yes. year deal, right? Yeah. 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 Um, it'll be interesting to see how he performs. Um, I know the average hasn't really been there uh, of late. Um, he's still, I always have a soft spot in my heart for, for Albert Pujols. I'm sure you do too. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I'd like to see him put together a nice, uh, a nice season. If this is indeed the end for him, uh, that would be, that'd be cool. And it's, you know, it's just fun to watch Mike Trout play. That's all I'm going to say about that. Like, he is, he he's, you know, amateur weatherman. Yes. Um, but just by far the best player in baseball. Yeah. And I'd, I'd love to see him in the playoffs again. Um, yes. and, and, and have them progress to get, get him at a, a even bigger stage um, yeah. for them. Exactly. Um, so with with the A's, because um, we haven't talked about them much yet, they they signed our our old friend Trevor Rosenthal to be their closer. Um, as long as he's not, not allergic to strike one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was our old thing when he was uh, with the Cardinals. Is there? We would text back and forth. Oh boy, ball one. Here we go, and it just the pit of my stomach every time. So How, I'm yeah. glad that he's out there and it's, it is, uh, those games will be closing at like one o'clock Eastern time. I will not be watching. Nope. And, and be thank watching. goodness because the agita that, yeah. that I would get when he would come into the games, I, you know, I actually did pick him up on my fantasy team last year. Cause he did have, he did put together a nice season. He, um, but yeah, there's just, uh, who, uh, what do you call it? Um, you're not supposed to, like let the past, you know, influence what you think is going to happen in the future, I guess. But uh, I, I do that with Trevor Rosenthal very much. So, oh yeah, um, yeah I do absolutely. Like, I do like Sergio Romo. Um, I think he's a great, uh, great piece that can be used in a lot of different ways. Um, Matt Olson is going to smash the ball. Uh, I, I like Stephen Piscotti as a person. Um, you know, uh, he, he's just a fun guy to root for. So I, I like him out there. Mitch Moreland can put it together. So they, they do have a nice team. I think if I had to, if I had to pick how these teams were going to fall, uh, I would go Houston, um, Angels, Oakland, and then flip a coin for uh, Seattle and Texas. 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, Seattle and Texas are Seattle and Texas. We don't need to spend much time on them. Um, but I think the big thing for Seattle is Jared Kelenic, uh, Prudential Rookie of the Year, um, is probably going to come up within the first couple of weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, will certainly make an impact. They may still lose 90-plus games, but he will certainly make an impact. Uh, I'm paying attention to Justice Sheffield on that team, a uh, guy that they acquired in a trade from the Yankees who was supposed to be – uh, this absolute stud um, in the rotation for for the Yankees. Uh, I have uh, I forget who they who the Yankees got in exchange for him, but uh, he's still uh, he's still only twenty five years old or twenty four years old or something, and uh, still has a lot that he can potentially put together. So that that would that's an uh, that's a pitcher to look out for on that roster. Yep, and they also have uh, Julio Rodriguez, who's in uh, an outfielder in Double A, who's is their top prospect, and Jared Kelenic, who's their second top prospect. Um, so they they definitely are, are stacked there, and there should be some interesting um, interesting players coming up, but maybe not this year for them. Yep. All right, that's the wrap for the uh, AL West, and then therefore we wrap the AL. We have two more podcasts after this, so we will uh, we will uh, procrastinate the NL. Get it in on our last two um, episodes. All right, and we welcome back to the podcast our good friend Jason Dombach, who is happy to be back for his third uh, adventure here with Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast. Welcome, Jason. Hey, Jeff and Tim. It's great to be with you guys in the best sports week of the year. Let's go. Yeah, this is it. Absolutely. We, we, uh, we kind of... Um, uh, buried the lead a little bit with talking NFL and baseball ahead, but it is it is the beginning of March Madness. Um, actually, I don't know if we can say March Madness. March Madness is one of those things like the Super Bowl, um, which is like the Voldemort of the sports world. You can't really say it. Um, you're supposed to say the NCAA championship thingamajig, um, but you know what? Nobody, they don't pay attention to us. So we'll yeah, say March if, Madness. If, if this podcast goes away next week, you know why. Yeah, the, the NCAA yeah, sure, um, Death Eaters came after us. Yeah. That's a Harry Potter, two Harry Potter references in a row there. Um, Jason, <laughs> uh, you are here as our um, guru for our listeners to uh, get their bracket filled out here as they listen to this. So um, let's go ahead and go region by region here on the bracket. I have one right in front of me. Um, we'll start with the West region. That's led by uh, number one overall. Gonzaga and uh, and and number two Iowa there in the West. Yeah, you know this is uh, this is an interesting region here, guys. Now certainly everybody's got their money on Gonzaga, and rightfully so. They're undefeated. We haven't had an undefeated national champion since 1976, when Bobby Knight's Indiana Hoosiers won it all and didn't lose a game the entire season. So Gonzaga trying to make a bit of history here, something that hasn't been done in 45 years. Um, you know, I, 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 it was interesting. Um, they were pushed pretty good in the West Coast Conference championship game by BYU. They were down big early. They had to come back and win the game. And I think, and I think this point has been made by a lot of folks out there, but you know, that was sort of maybe the test or I don't know if you call it a wake up call. That may not be the right terminology, but you know, they, they, uh, they were down and they had to fight back really for the first time all year. And I think that came at a good time. They still won the game against BYU 
uh, last weekend. And so, you know, they come into this tournament um, having been tested a bit and certainly they're going to be tested along the way. You know, I think I made the point a couple of weeks ago when, when I was on with you guys, Jeff and Tim, that uh, if you were to give me a choice between Gonzaga, Baylor, or the field, I'd probably take the field. And when I look at Gonzaga's potential path to have to just get to the final four, uh, you know, it's not going to be easy. And I, I think there are some pitfalls along the way. But th- that said, they are going to be the favorite to win it all. And, and um, I, th- I think they've uh, certainly earned the, the respect of everybody. And they've got a lot of pressure on them, though. And, and that's something that typically, while they are one of the top teams, uh, over the last few years, they have been. Uh, you know, this is going to be a different level of pressure to put on them. And I think there's a reason why we haven't had an undefeated national champion in a long, long time. You know, some of the teams that have tried to do it recently, like Wichita State a few years ago, Kentucky, um, famously UNLV in 1991. It's just a, it's a tough thing to come in not having lost and uh, to have that kind of pressure on you. So that that's the interesting storyline there. I think a couple other things, if you look at the West region, certainly you want to look at the number two seed, uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes. They've been one of the, the, the best teams in the country throughout the year. They've got the best player in the country, in my opinion, in Luca Garza. Um, so, you know, and, and what he's been able to accomplish the last few years. So, you know, I think Iowa certainly at the number two seed is an intriguing team. But if you look uh, a little further back at Gonzaga's road, you've got U- U- uh, UVA there as the number four seed in that region. Of course, they are technically the defending national champions. And I'm very curious to see. Now, they had some COVID issues. There are going to be a few players that will not be able to play for them. And I'm sort of curious to see who that is, because if it's one of their big guns, like a Sam Hauser, a Kihei Clark, a Jay Huff, one of the top players, you know, that, that could impact things. But if not, you know, you've got a potential sweet 16 matchup with Gonzaga and UVA, which is pretty juicy. And those two teams met this year uh, with, with Gonzaga blowing out UVA in the non-conference season. And I'm sure UVA would love another shot at it. Go ahead, Tim. Uh, well, so I was going to say, who's your, who's your pick there? Uh, maybe, maybe we keep track, uh, the three of us on our final four, and when we have you back for the fourth time, we'll we'll see uh, see who won the final four picks. Who's who's coming out of that region? You had to you had to pick it right here. Yeah, you know all that all that what I said earlier. I'm still going to go Gonzaga, um, okay. but you know the, the road won't be easy. Potentially, it's Oklahoma, it's Virginia, it's Iowa. Uh, you know, so those are not easy games, but they're they're just head and shoulders above everybody this year. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Gonzaga. I'm not going to get too cute here. Uh, they're the they're the prohibitive favorite, and I think they're the team that will get to the final four out of this region. Uh, nothing nothing earth shattering that you haven't heard anywhere else, there, guys. Now, Jeff, what's your pick there? Uh, I also have Gonzaga. I, I think right. uh, I think of all of the regions. I know Jason said it's tough, but I think it's probably easier path than the the other top seeds. So I got and Gonzaga. I'm gonna go Iowa uh, off of Jason's. Wow. Um, well, off of the way I pick my brackets, by the way, it's just uh, Ohio State teams from New York, New York, New Jersey area, and then Big Ten. So uh, that's my that's my strategy, and I was uh, I think I was gonna come out of that one. We talked about a couple weeks ago, toughest conference in uh, in college basketball. Um, they're tested. I, I like them coming out. Jason. Um... 
after that uh, after that hot take. Uh, any hot takes that you have on uh, on potential upsets uh, in this West bracket? I know a lot of people yeah. are looking at the UCSB over Creighton, uh, the five twelve and the five twelve matchup. Creighton got stomped in the uh, Big East. Uh, it's weird to me that they're in the Big East, but the Big East championship game. So a lot of recency bias there. Anything else that you uh, see? Yeah, no, I think UCSB is definitely a team that can uh, can pull the upset there. I don't like the way Creighton's playing. Um, they also had the, uh, I don't know if you call it a scandal, but um, uh, their head coach, uh, Greg McDermott, was suspended for a game for making a, a racially insensitive remark. Now, he did come back for the Big East tournament, but uh, that combined with just the way they looked in that Big East title game, uh, just didn't really pass the eye test there. UCSB's got a really good player, Ja'Cory McLaughlin and Amadou Sow in the middle. So that that's a team I think that's going to present a lot of problems. And I think they've got a real shot there to win that game. And as I mentioned, now Virginia, depending on who the players are that are out, uh, that's one I've got circled as well. They play Ohio University, the 13 seed, champions of the Mid-American Conference. They've got, you remember when Ja Morant, sort of had his coming out party in the, in the NCAA tourney a few years ago <clears throat> with, with Murray State. That could be the same thing we see here with a guy named Jason Preston. He is a, a big-time player at Ohio U. He's a stat stuffer. If you would have played DSE college basketball this year, he would have been a guy that you would have loved to have had on your team. Uh, he averages 16 or 17 points a game, seven rebounds, seven assists. Uh, he's just an exciting player. He'll be the best player on the floor in that game no matter what. So keep an eye on Ohio University, but uh, but I will definitely go with UCSB as an upset pick. As, yeah, as the- a... As, sorry, ahead. I was going to say, as an aside, um, though, that's one of the more fun things for me about uh, about the March Madness whole bracket and watching all these games is you get to, you know, I don't know who that is. And, you know, there's a very good chance that um, this guy goes out and makes some noise and like you get to learn uh, new athletes and they, they have their, you know, their two weeks of fame um, and it it's just cool that those kids have that opportunity to uh, to kind of reach that level of of stardom for a moment. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's what I love about it as well. And and I think Jason Preston is one of those guys that if if Ohio wins that game, it'll he'll be the big reason why, and that'll be a big storyline. And you'll be hearing a lot about him. He's he's a definite NBA player. So uh, just one of those names to keep an eye on. And I just want to point out one other thing in this region before we move on. Uh, the matchup in the first four, Wichita State and Drake. I was very pumped that Drake made the NCAA tournament. That's a team that was really good. They were, I think they, uh, other than, of course, Gonzaga and Baylor, they were the last team to lose a game uh, in the regular season in the, in the Missouri Valley Conference. They, they've had a couple of injuries. Um, so I'm glad that the uh, tournament selection committee uh, took that into account because they did not win their conference. Uh, Loyola of Chicago was the champion of the Missouri Valley Conference. But that that Drake team is really, really good. I think they're going to beat Wichita State, and they would have a really good shot at beating USC in my mind. Okay. All right. So there you go. Um that wraps it for the West. We go down to the East. Obviously, these are not regionalized um, because everybody's in Indiana. Um, but the East uh, region is led by Michigan, 
they're the number one seed there, and the number two seed is Alabama. Jason is there. Uh, what's your top line view of this region? Well, this is a this is a fun region for me. I, I think this is my favorite one to look at. You've got a lot of interesting teams here. Of course, you you mentioned Michigan and Alabama. They're the headliners. Um, Texas is is certainly an interesting team in the Big Twelve. The champions there. Uh, Florida State, who I'm going to get back to in a minute, uh, who I think would have won the national championship last year. They were they were primed and ready to go last year, but they're back, uh, coming off a tough loss in the ACC title game. But even if you go a little bit deeper, I mean, there are some teams uh, seated a little bit lower that I think could make some noise. And that 8-9 matchup, which would potentially be the second round uh, opponent for Michigan, uh, you've got LSU and St. Bonaventure. And those are two dangerous teams. And I particularly like St. Bonaventure. Um, they're, they're the champions of the Atlantic 10. Uh, they've got a, a real good three-headed monster in Dominic Welsh, Kyle Lofton, and then Ashun, Ashunyi, who uh, is the uh, the big guy in the middle. He's kind of a double-double type threat, big uh, block shot guy. Uh, LSU was not a good draw for them in my mind. Uh, I would like to have seen them have a different matchup because I, I, you know, LSU is a team that I think could be sneaky uh, in, in that potential second-round matchup against Michigan. But uh, this is a good deep region. You also have Michigan State and UCLA guys playing in a first four matchup. Uh, so you talk about a headline matchup to get things started on Thursday. A lot of intriguing storylines in this in this region. And that one that one seems more like a final four uh, matchup yeah. that we're used to than a, than a first right. four. It is absolutely, and uh, you know one one thing that I've noticed, and I think this is the tenth, maybe the eleventh year. Uh, that we've had the first four, and I bel- and I might have this wrong. I'm gonna. I, I, I probably should have looked this up beforehand. If it's not been every year, there's maybe only been one year where a team that played in the first four in that in that matchup of usually power conference teams where they haven't gone on and then won the round of 64 game. Yeah. And I think that's going to happen here. In fact, I think Michigan State's going to make a run to the Sweet 16. Yeah. I think that's one of my, you know, maybe sleeper picks. Uh, and it's not, it's weird to say Michigan State is a sleeper, right? Because they usually do so much damage in the tournament and Izzo is such a, a good tournament coach. But I really do think Michigan State can get hot and, and make a run here. So th- this is a region where I think some things are going to happen. And I, I think that is a, obviously Michigan State and UCLA are coming in at the 11 line. So they are both obviously big time uh, upset potentials over number six BYU in that East region. Is there any any other uh, any other things you're looking at um, in, in that region? Yeah, you know, the, the the my big call here in this region, I'll just jump right to it. I mentioned Florida State, and uh, I, there's just something I've really liked about this team the last two or three years. I think they're really beating on the door of having a historic season for their program, and I think this is the year they're going to do it. I think they get to the Final Four out of this region. I, I, I like them to beat Michigan. Uh, in the Sweet 16, a uh, couple things I like about Florida State. You know, first of all, they're they're big and they're deep, and they also just have a lot of different guys that can beat you. I mean, they don't have one or two guys to to focus in on. In fact, I'm not sure they had a, anybody on the uh, first two uh, all conference teams in the ACC. But you know, when you look at their their, they go deep. You know, they're seven, eight, nine deep. 
Uh, they've got a guy in Sp- uh, Scotty Barnes who's a potential lottery pick. Uh, he had 21 points in the ACC championship game. Uh, he, he doesn't start all the time. Uh, MJ Walker, Raquan Evans, Rayshon Gray. Uh, these, these are, you know, this is a deep, good team. And I was surprised that they lost to Georgia Tech in the ACC title game. But now that we're out into the open, as I like to call it, I, I really think Florida State can make a run. And so uh, not to spoil my last two uh, regions, but this is this is the one region where I think, you know, one of those top couple line uh, seeds is not going to advance. I, I like Florida State here to All get right. to the Final Four. Jeff, who's to- your pick? Uh, I am going to go with Texas in this region. They're the number three seed. I think that they get past Alabama and they they face either Florida State or, or Michigan or whoever cover, comes out of the top half. Um, so I'm going to take Texas. I watched their game uh, the other day. Uh, so I have recency bias on them. I think they have a lot, a lot of good players. Tim? All right. Um, I'm going to – Jason sold me on Michigan State. I'm going to do something wild and say wow. they're, they're going to go. I like this, Brett. This, this, I, and I, I said last time, I, I've only marginally watched college basketball. I, I know a little bit more than I did last time. I just, I look at these teams and I love, you know, this, this part of the bracket to go bananas. Like, I'd love St. Bonaventure to make noise. That'd be fun. I'd love Florida State to make noise. Uh, Michigan State. I, I, I'll tell you this. I know Iona's gonna gonna give Alabama a game. They don't care that Alabama's twenty four and six. Like those guys, every time they're in the tournament, I feel like Iona plays hard <laughs> and plays close games. So like I, I love that as a cool game to watch. Um. So and who knows? Maybe something wild happens there. So I, I, I like this this corner of the bracket to get all bonkers. Yeah, this is the this is the bracket that has all the storylines. You know, you've got Rick Patino coaching Iona, as you mentioned. You've got Patrick Ewing in Georgetown. Yeah, that's cool this, too. In this region as well. So yeah, I, I think this is a really wide open one. And as I mentioned, I like the four seed Florida State here. It's just I think I don't think they're as good as they were last year. I think they were a surefire Final Four team last year. Um, but I still, I still think that, that there's enough there, and they've they've been impressive enough throughout the year uh, that they're going to get it done. Yep. And uh, just as a wrap on this one, I also like the uh, I like Georgetown um, as a 12 seed over Colorado there um, to just you know amp up the the craziness in that uh, in that East bracket. That will be great. Um, now moving on to the South, um, that one is headlined by Baylor. They're the number one seed there. Um, and the number two seed is Tim's Ohio State. So we know who Tim will have coming out of that. I already wrote uh, that one down. On my- <laughs> Tim will have Ohio State coming out of that uh, that region. Uh, Jason, what about you? Yeah, a couple of interesting things in this region. Certainly Baylor. Um, but, you know, this isn't, you know, I think there, for whatever reason, Baylor, um, they, 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 there's just something that I I've noticed over the last couple of games that I've watched them that they're just not firing on all cylinders like they were early in the year. And while I think they they certainly could get to the final four, um, I don't see them as a legitimate national championship threat really anymore. And wow. I think when you look at their when you look at this region, it's not a, a particularly difficult region. I mean, you know, you might look at the bracket and say, well, you know, there's a potential 
um, Sweet 16 matchup with uh, Villanova or Purdue. I think those are, you know, good teams. Although I think Villanova without Colin Gillespie, their point guard, uh, probably is is not going to be able to make much of a run there. But you have a potential North Carolina or Wisconsin in the second round. I mean, wow, wow. that's tough. I mean, I don't care how good you are to potentially have to play North Carolina uh, or Wisconsin in the second round, that that's not going to be easy. And I'll tell you, UNC is one of the biggest teams in the country. They're physical. Um, and they've gotten a lot better as the season has gone on. So that's, that's not going to be an easy path for Baylor there. I do like Ohio state coming out of the bottom of the bracket. Like what I'm seeing out of them. Um, you know, that was a heck of a comeback in the big 10 championship game to rally the way they did. And, and play as well as they did. They, they, you know, they're, they're another team that's, you know, got some good bench scoring. Uh, I love Dwayne Washington, EJ Liddell. Um, what a combination those guys are. So I do like Ohio state coming out of, uh, of this region. And uh, for now I've got, I've got, I do have Baylor in the elite eight. I have them beating Baylor there, but again, I would not be surprised if Baylor doesn't survive uh, even their second game, which could be against North Carolina. Or- right. They, they're looking at UNC or Wisconsin, potentially Purdue, uh, you know, in the Sweet 16 matchup. Yeah, there, there's that's a yeah. tough road. Uh, so Jason has Ohio State. Tim, you have Ohio State. I do. Ohio State, just confirming. I am going to have Purdue coming out of the South region. All right. Um, the number four seed there, uh, clearing through Baylor and anybody else in uh, – wow the the rest of the region um there's there's a few kind of uh you know interesting uh upset potentials here uh obviously jason you touched on villanova is going to be uh missing their point guard as a as a five seed um a lot of people are looking at winthrop over villanova there over the 12 five and uh my younger brother zach's alma mater shout out to zach colgate yeah Uh, don't sleep on colgate Colgate over Arkansas as the uh, three and the fourteen seed. Uh, what do you what do you have in that region, Jason? You know the team that I really love, and this is one of my favorite teams to watch all year. I, I watched a lot of late night college basketball, and to go to the Mountain West, the number eleven seed Utah State. This is a mm. team I've really liked wow. uh, throughout the year. I don't love their matchup against Texas Tech. Um, but I'm still going to give Utah State the advantage there. A couple things I like about them. They've got a guy uh, that plays in the interior who's one of my favorite players to watch in the college basketball. His name's Namias Keita, Q-U-E-T-A. And he's sort of uh, a, a, he, he's kind of a combination of an old school big man uh, in that you know he can post up, he can score on the post, they feed the post. Uh, he's a shot blocker. But, you know, he's also got a good mid-range game. He's kind of a guy that he averages three or so assists a game. He's a really fun player to watch. He's He might be the best big man in college basketball outside of maybe Kofi Coburn at Illinois or, um, you know, somebody like that. I mean, this this guy is is legit. And I think, again, if, just like we were talking about with, with Jason Preston at Ohio, if Utah State wins a game or two in this tournament, Namias Keita – is uh, is a guy who's going to be on a lot of radars. I think he's an NBA player next year. He's probably a draft pick, in my opinion. And I think Utah State is a team that can make a run. In my bracket that I have in front of me, I do have them in the Sweet 16. I, I think uh, they can get by Texas Tech. They can get by Arkansas. 
Uh, it's a little bit bold, but I, you know, I, I like, I like Keita. I also like their three point shooting. They, they, they run a really fun offensive scheme. So um, give a look to Utah state when they play uh, on Friday. I think you're going to really like what you see. Right. Wow, and 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 that's a, that's a a bold statement because Utah State is one of the one of the last teams in, I believe, right. the last team in. So um, they definitely will have something to prove there cool. in the South region. Um, then going down to the last one, the Midwest region, um, that one is headlined by Illinois um, as the number one seed, and Houston as the number two seed. I will cut to the chase on my part. I have Illinois getting out of this region. Um, Jason. So do I. How do you see it? All right, Tim and I both have Illinois. Jason, how do you see it? Yeah, I know it doesn't make for a for good content for all of us to agree, but uh, I just don't see Illinois losing to anybody in this tournament. So I, they're, I, I, they're I, their I, champs, huh? Yeah, they're, uh, yeah. We'll just cut to the chase. There, they are. Wow. My I think they win a national title. I mean, they they they're just so loaded, and uh, you know. They can beat you a lot of different ways. I mean, uh, certainly they've got Sunmu, Curbelo in the backcourt, uh, Frazier. Um, you know, th- th- these guys uh, can score in a lot of different ways. But then you also have Kofi Coburn, who's one of my favorite players to watch in college basketball. Seven foot, 300 pounds, you know, immovable. <laughs> uh, just such a presence inside. Just, I-, I love old school big men. You know, you don't see it a lot anymore. We just this the big guy that can be that presence in the paint, and uh, they have that with him. So they're they're rolling right now. Uh, what I saw out of them in the Big Ten tournament and down the stretch uh, in the season, um, you know, I've really really liked. Ever since they almost lost to Nebraska um, towards the end of the regular season, they they've really dialed it up and have looked outstanding. So I, I don't see much of a problem here. I mean, for example. Uh, that second possible matchup, the second round, you always look at that eight, nine, that can always be a bit tricky. Um, of all the number one seeds, I, I think that's, I'm not going to call a matchup against Georgia tech an easy one because you know, they, they can get hot. Uh, they won the ACC championship, but I just think Illinois matches up really, really well with them. Um, and the potential matchup with Cade Cunningham and Oklahoma state in the sweet 16 is pretty juicy. But I just still think Illinois, um, you know, that that's one that uh, they're 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 set up to win pretty well. That's, by the way, a revenge game for Oklahoma State because their coach, the coach at Illinois, Brad Underwood, left Oklahoma State after one year, kind of left them in the dark and went to Illinois. So I'm sure uh, Oklahoma State fans would love to get a crack at at Brad Underwood in Illinois. But but careful what you wish for, because that's a that's just a tremendous basketball team and I think the bottom of that bracket uh is honestly it's 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 the weakest half of any bracket um now there are teams that could do some damage I mean Houston um is a good team but but I think they're a bit and they they earned the two seed but they're not in the same caliber as the other two seeds like Ohio State and and Iowa and and Alabama so uh it wouldn't surprise me to see Clemson or Rutgers beat them in, in the second round West Virginia is a team that I think has enough to win two or three games, but I don't think they can get out of this region. And certainly I don't think they could beat Illinois. All right. And, and, and looking at the, um, the, the higher seeds, the, uh, you know, double digit seeds there, um, mining for some upsets here. I, I don't know if there's any that look as good as the other, uh, positions. Obviously you talked about Oklahoma state advancing, but, um, 
Liberty uh, could give them a little bit of trouble there in the first round. And also, um, I've seen a lot of buzz about Syracuse as the 11 seed taking down San Diego State. Um, any any other uh, big seeds that you see uh, going through? Yeah, I don't. I'm not feeling any of these in this region, to be honest. I mean, Syracuse, San Diego State is a toss up for sure, but that's a really good, tough uh, San Diego State team. And if there's one thing that Syracuse has a lot of trouble with, if you look at the games they've had trouble in, it's been where they kind of get beat up a bit inside. You know, they're not a physical team inside. Um, they rely on hitting shots and obviously confusing teams with their two, three zone. Um, you know, but you know, <laughs> Syracuse is the same old story. Uh, like we saw five years ago now when they barely got in the tournament and then they went to the final four, if they get hot and they hit shots, guys like Buddy Bayheim and Joe Girard and, um, Gary, a, I mean, they, I wouldn't be surprised if Syracuse got to an elite eight, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they lost by 20 in the first round, but you know, I, I like San Diego state there. I, 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 again, I watched a lot of mountain West basketball this year. They're, they're a well put together, solid team, uh, San Diego state. So, you know, that, that is a team that uh, I think would give West Virginia some trouble in the second round as well. So Jason, let me ask you, speaking of these, uh, these higher seeds. So give me the, or give us the 12, 13, 14, or 15 seed, uh, assuming that none of these 16s are going to are gonna win. That's going to – it always happens. There's one of them that's going to make make some noise and get you know get the country rooting for them. What's the, the 12, 13, 14, or 15 seed that's going to do that this year, that's going to make it to the Sweet 16, get everybody all riled up, give a team a run for its money in the Elite Eight? Who do you got? You know um... – I'm going to look at the 13 line because, you know, that, that's the that's the seed line or below that, that gets people excited because that's generally almost always it's, it's a mid-major or a low, you know, a lower major type conference. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think it would be UCSB. I think they, they have a chance to make a run because uh, they've got a couple of vulnerable teams there in, um, in Creighton and UVA. Um, and again, UVA situation is unique because they're going to be without a couple of players, but we don't know who they are, uh, because we already know that, that, uh, they had to drop out of the ACC tournament. And we know that a couple of their players are not going to be participating uh, in the NCAA tournament, or at least this coming weekend. So again, that, that puts that a bit up in the air. So yeah, I, I think UCSB is the team. And I and they are a they're a twelve seed, so I cheated. I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> um, but you know I think that's a team there, and and I'll and I'll stay in there right there. I mean Ohio as well, as I mentioned. I think Ohio U is another one that um, you know I could easily see them beating Virginia, even if Virginia has you know their their full starting lineup there, and guys like Hauser and and Huff and Kihei Clark. I mean I I would not be surprised with Jason Preston. Uh, in Ohio U. So that's where I'm looking right there, guys. I think those are the teams that um, that could really get people excited around the country, like like they did with Florida Gulf Coast or, yeah. um, you know, one of the other stories that we've seen over the last decade. Cool. Yeah, that'd be yep. fun. Yep. In that West region, um, you know, we could have a 12 versus 13 for the rights to go to the, to the mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, I love those. Sweet so that would be uh, really, really fun with one of those teams uh, moving on as much as 
they will move on. Maybe just play in another gym nearby. Um, <laughs> Jason, we've, we've kept you for uh, a square 30 minutes here. Um, but we, we have your title pick. Jason, you have Illinois. Is that correct? I do. I, I have Illinois beating beating Gonzaga in the national title game. Okay. All right. So, uh, you know, I'm a completionist. So, uh, Tim, who is your? I'm gonna get. I can. I can hazard a I'm guess. Gonna go, I'm gonna go. Ohio State. <laughs> out of my all Big Ten, by the way, in case you didn't notice, I did that. Uh, <laughs> Final Four. I'm gonna go with uh, Ohio State. Okay, so Ohio State wins. I am going to go chalk, and I'm going to go Gonzaga. Uh, All right, to, to take it, uh, seal the undefeated season. Um, I think they're uh, the best team. So uh, if it's Illinois versus Gonzaga, I probably will be rooting for Illinois. But uh, my guess is Gonzaga gets it done. Um, Jason, before we let you out of here, uh, is there anything else uh, on the tournament? Anything you want to plug? Anything uh, you want to mention? No, the only thing I would say is uh, while while you're thinking about NCAA basketball, like we all are this year, um, consider joining uh, one of DSE's uh, college basketball leagues next year. We we had our our D one this year, our first ever league, and it, it was a lot of fun. And it's a great way to follow along with college basketball. A lot of the names that that I pointed out, uh, you know, kind of came right off the top of my head because I was just following it so closely. So just like anything like baseball or, you know, hockey or NBA or whatever you're into, um, you know, the best way to, to gain a lot of knowledge and get an edge this time of year is to uh, get involved in the, you know, the fantasy side of the game and uh, DSE offers that. So we had a lot of fun with our, with our startup uh, first year league, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to add more leagues in the future. So be on the lookout for that, but it's just a fun way to, to follow college basketball. If you, if you, if you find yourself having a hard time making heads or tails of all the teams and all the conferences, um, get involved and uh, you'll, believe me, you'll, you'll become an expert real quick. So Jason, is that um, dynasty format as well? It is. It is, which is unique, of course, because guys uh, leave every year. They, they either graduate or they, they, they go to the NBA or go professional in some other fashion. So yes, it, it is a, it is a dynasty format we get to keep a certain number of guys each year and uh it's a deep pool obviously because in our in our league we do it with 357 teams so every every division one basketball program you can you can take players from so the, the possibilities are wow. literally endless and uh it was it was a lot of fun so uh yeah I, I was happy to be the top point scorer in the regular season unfortunately nice. i got upset in the uh the playoffs but uh you know hey that that happens to all of us doesn't it yeah, and that's that's a that's a cool uh, uh, feature of that. I know that you know some sometimes there can be some discouragement uh, once one team kind of builds a dynasty and you're left uh, fighting for scraps. But you know, in a, in a college situation, you know, every four years at the very least, you're going to have that whole team roll over. So mm-hmm. there's it's a lot more redraft uh, aspects to it than uh, right. than other places. So. Uh, you know, keep your eye on that rivals 100 uh, to, uh, to, to know who's the, the next guy to pick up. Right. Absolutely. Well, yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, it's the, the, the key to success is to mine the mid majors and the low majors. Cause those are the guys that, that stuff the stats and uh, guys like Jason Preston, I mentioned and, and Nemeas Keita and, and those guys, I mean, they, uh, you know, they put up numbers that I don't know that they could put up 
in a major conference. So that that's uh, you know that's another part of the strategy, I guess, in being successful. All right. That's awesome, Jason. Um, and that's all at DynastySportsEmpire.com. Um, thank you very much, Jason. We will talk to you. Uh, we'll bring you back during the tournament, maybe in a couple of weeks, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more tournament. Hey, man, I, I could do it every day. So just, <laughs> uh, what, whatever you guys need, let me know. I'll be uh, glued to the TV and really can't wait for March Madness, especially after we didn't have it last year. This is even more sweet. Yeah, it sure is. All right. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Thanks Jason. All right, Tim. That was a great interview with yeah, Jason. Uh, he, he knows so much about this stuff. It's it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I every time we talk to him, I feel like I'm so much more knowledgeable. I, I have I have so much inter, uh, information for my bracket. I may have too yeah. much information. <laughs> I'm now ready. I'm now ready to fill one out. I, I had no idea what I was doing before, and I like this Jason Preston that he's talking about. I'm gonna I'm gonna think long and hard about Ohio uh, University going to the Sweet Sixteen. I think. Yeah, do you uh, do you have any uh, any allegiance towards Ohio University? Yeah, as it is so, in the same state as Ohio State. Right. Or? So here's my here's how I go with my picks. Ohio State number one. That's like I, I, anytime if they're the 16 seed, they they always win. Um, after that, it's schools that are in the general New York City area. So Rutgers, Iona, that kind of thing. Then I'll go um, to back to like the big 10 in the state of Ohio for my, for my pick. So like if Xavier's in it, I'll pick Xavier, um, you know, something like, or, or if Ohio university, I'll pick them. Okay. All right. That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. So, I mean, it makes, so. it makes no sense. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It makes no it's sense consistent. at all. It's yeah. consistent. It's consistent. I'll, I'll, I'll certainly give you that. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, most people, well, not most people, but some people who, who will be in the bracket challenge with me are probably listening to this. So they will probably end up with similar picks to me uh, based on Jason's information. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's just the way it's going to be. I have to shake it up a little bit, um, keep some things back from uh, from from leading Jason into those questions. So um, I know what I'm I know what I'm going to keep my eyes on. Uh, what are you going to keep your eye on? This well, week, I think it's this tournament right here, and I like how they're doing it. They're doing the wraparound uh, the Friday to Monday this year. Yes, um, yes. That's, that's kind of cool. So um, I like it. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be ready to be glued, you know, glued to the TV this weekend and, and watch some basketball. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm very excited for this to start after a year off. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm definitely going to keep my eyes glued, and everybody should also keep their eyes glued to March Madness. Keep your ears glued to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast, and we will talk to you next week. Sounds good, man. See you later. See ya. All right. How was my did I, my voice hold up? Yeah, I think you. I think you back and uh, got back to Humphrey Bogart pretty good. I yeah, you know? yeah. It, it felt good. It felt good. I didn't, I didn't feel like I was, uh, I didn't have like a super deep voice or super nasally. So. It was it was the Jeff voice. That's what it okay, was. Okay, good. All um, right, good. I'll take that every time. Yeah. So what's, uh, what's going on the rest of the week? Uh, yeah, just uh, getting over this cold and looking forward to this basketball. So the, the first four starts uh, tomorrow night. So. Is that tomorrow? Yeah, I think it starts on Thursday. Yeah. Tomorrow. Two, well, tomorrow. Four tomorrow's games Wednesday. Tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, tomorrow's Wednesday. Thursday. Whatever day today is. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, all, it's throwing me off. So I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. thought, it was, I thought it was going to be on Thursday, and I, I looked ahead at, like, I was like, oh, man, like, 
when is, is Jeopardy going to be on? <laughs> right. Uh, um, that's like my go-to. And um, I was like, oh, it's, it's on on Thursday. Like, there's no, what's going on? And then, then I looked it up on, on ESPN and saw the games on Friday. I didn't, I didn't realize what was happening. Yeah, got, I got, my, my whole week is always thrown off, but this, this throws it off. You know? Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. 